Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken. My name is Justin White, this is episode 93. My guest this time is my friend Mike Gabriel, and he is an artist and a graphic designer, which is a type of artist. Uh, He does different types of art. Uh, He's also a musician and a filmmaker and has worked on various music and film projects and lots of art related to music and film. And his latest project is called Famous Monsters of America. And um, the name pays homage to uh, the old Famous Monsters of Filmland magazines. And uh, it relates to, this current project relates to the current administration in the United States of America, which as we all know by now, is something to behold. Um, So I usually give all the information at the end, and I will do that as well, but I want to give you Mike's uh, website now so that you can, if possible, have it open next to you and checking it out during the episode or intermittently between listens because we talk sort of at length about the project and the process and some of the individuals involved and it's kind of cool to be able to look at it I think it just occurred to me so his website is mike dash as in hyphen mike dash gabriel.com so go there and check out the famous monsters of America and also check out all his other artwork, which I'll tell you about again at the end. So, um, I'm just, I got to finish memorizing this middle part of pie and then we'll talk to Mike. Four, three, four, two, five, six, two, two, four, nine, eight, seven, two, zero, nine, two. You want to talk about your artwork? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, the election is about a month away, right? Uh, it's today the second. Yeah. So that's the third. It's exactly it's a month the, away. It's the third. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, uh, I grew up, uh, with, uh, uh, Saturday morning, uh, horror, uh, television hosts, um, and I was, uh, was really interested in that as a kid. I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. And Were there uh, specific hosts that, that you would watch? Was there a certain show or just everything? Well, we had um, the local PBS station had a, uh, a Friday night uh, show called Monster Mania. Uh-huh. And I think that came on at 1130 right after the local news. And the horror host was uh, Uncle Ted, who nice. um, he wore a smoking jacket and a, uh, a fez hat. And uh, he performed really, really awful um, magic tricks. I mean, re- really uh, primitive. Uh, <laughs> amateur ma- but, it, but that was part of the charm, you know. And then he, uh, he would introduce the, uh, the horror movie for the night Um and I, uh, yeah, at a young age, I, I was really uh, intensely interested in, uh, in horror movies. Um, the, um, 
there were two um, affiliates. Uh, we would get a station out of New York and a station out of Philadelphia. And then Saturday morning, they ran, um, you know, three three horror films uh, just just to fill uh, airtime, you know, uh, mm-hmm. two or two or three. And I think there was uh, there's a guy that's still doing it now. I think he's doing it nationally. Uh, Sven Gulli or son of Sven Gulli. Uh, okay. So I, I remember. <laughs> I remember why he had like you know um, almost like. Alice Cooper makeup and uh, and right. a top hat and yeah he would introduce these. Uh, we we had somebody too. I'm trying to remember. He he wore a vampire costume and I'm trying to remember his name. But it, he he was our host regionally in the Midwest for um for okay. for Monster. I, I don't know if it was called Monster Mania or something else. But we we had the same thing like a late night you know B horror movie yeah. marathon type thing. <laughs> So you were so, obsessed with that as a kid? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I guess you could call that an obsession. Um, as, as soon as I could uh, read, I was uh, I was picking up uh, horror comic books. Um, a lot of the things that DC Comics was producing at the time: House of Mystery, uh, Ghosts. There was one called House of Secrets. Um, even Weird War. I don't know if you remember Weird War, but. Uh, they were like no. uh, supernatural tales that that you know happened on the battlefield, um, but I, I really liked horror comics. Um, and then when I could get my hands on them, um, uh, the Warren magazines—they uh, were a, a larger format than a comic book—and Warren published um, a couple titles: uh, "Creepy and Eerie." were uh, horror comic books and and pretty successful and um and they also did uh famous monsters of Filmland. and famous monsters i believe began in 1958 and it um it sort of capitalized on the uh the monster craze of the mid 60s um at some point in the mid 60s um the classic horror films of the 30s and 40s like dracula mummy uh, and even king kong uh started to get uh re-released theatrically in theaters so there was right. a whole new generation of kids who was getting you know they get turned on to the wolfman and and the mummy and and uh frankenstein's monster Creature from the black lagoon yeah, another big one. I, I think those fall under the banner of the Universal. I think they all came out of Universal Studios, the Universal uh, Horror. I think you're um, right. Yeah. And uh, uh, Famous Monsters was uh, kind of a, a glorified um, press release in some ways. Um, they, uh, they wrote... Uh, uh, you know, short articles on um, uh, these films that were uh, being re-released, or you know, take, taking an in-depth look at an older film, but also promoting things that were uh, just coming into the theaters as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they got around like paying paying artists and photographers by um, just running publicity stills. Um, and, and things that the studios were providing them, 
um, which are, are all in public domain, I, I learned. Um, anything that's being used to, to uh, promote uh, a product or a movie um, cannot be copywritten. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think that's why you see a lot of like, um, you know, mo- movie books like these, these higher end, uh, you know, Toshin, I think, and Rizzoli put out these, these books of, you know, horror movie posters from the 1950s through the 1960s. Um, right. You don't and have to pay a license to print them. Wow. Yeah. You don't have to pay a licensing fee. Um, as long as you can contact a collector and uh, get a good uh, high-res photograph or a good scan, um, you could reproduce lobby cards. Um, uh, nice. The uh, the press press slicks, the ad slicks that that people used to use to uh, to create their newspaper ads. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and movie posters. Yeah, so. Um, so I, I, I began, um, this project, um, loosely with, you know, I had this, I had this interest in, in this, this sort of subject since I was, you know, six or seven years old and, um, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, a few years back I read, um, I read a scholarly book, um, that had been given to me by my uh, my sister-in-law, and um, it was called On Monsters, An Unnatural History of Our Worst Fears. And it um, it was a pretty amazing book. Um, it, it really charted the the rise of uh, you know what we what we consider um, a monster. Um, Going back to um, uh, pre uh, prehistory times, um, uh, like um, I think I mentioned, it, Alexander the Great, I think was was one of the early eras. Um, then into um, wait, are they saying Alexander the Great is an example of a monster? Or, n- no, but that or they're he, saying from that time period. From that's that, when, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, so going back to the some point in yeah the pre-biblical because then they then they move into a ne- another category of Satan and demons and um, so like a, a, the earliest written forms of communication you know wh- wh- what was the earliest example of a monster um, so right. it, it talked about uh, or or, or um, detailed things about um, Grendel. Um, in the Gollum, right. um, and uh, then up through uh, Bram Stoker and Mary uh, Mary Shelley. Um, so you started to see monsters in literature all the way up uh, into um, uh, present time, and um, the 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 work ended on this idea that. Um, what what we consider a, a contemporary monster, a serial killer, a um, a, a terrorist, a sadist, uh, a psychopath, they all had this common trait in that they they lacked empathy. 
So that okay. that stayed with me um, when we we started to you know learn more about Donald Trump and his his psychological makeup and his maybe his uh, emotional deficiencies and uh, the, this this claim that uh, he lacked empathy um, seemed to be uh, tossed about uh, quite a bit in the last three and a half, four years. Um, right. And he's, and he's shown plenty of evidence yeah. that that's the case. It's not, it's yeah. not just that people were talking about it. He's, he's shown it loud and clear. He lacks yeah, empathy. It, absolutely right. And I, I, I looked up the, like one of the, uh, one of the, you know, definitions of, of what, what empathy means. And it, um, it was the, uh, inability to understand and share the feelings of another. And I right. think uh, Donald Trump is such a clear-cut, you know, narcissist that uh, I, I think you can, you can label him um, as For someone sure. lacking I mean, empathy. Could, yeah. Yeah, you could basically look at him in relationship with any other person and see the way in which he lacks compassion and understanding and all of it exactly yeah like yeah. there's not really yeah. one good example of him showing empathy that i can think yeah. of ever yeah. yeah and same with mcconnell that, that yeah know, at least in their public lives i don't know what else goes on but it's hard to imagine they're like sweethearts behind closed doors yeah you know yeah but anyway so that so that stuck with you yeah, the, and the connection between mon old timey monsters and modern day monsters. Yes, exactly. Who who, who is a contemporary monster? You know, um, and and yeah, just, yeah, unfortunately, Donald Trump just kept just coming up. <laughs> yeah, as uh, as a as a person that that fits this uh, this distinction. Um, so. Uh, I I feel like my project was born out of uh, a lot of frustration. Um, I would wake up every day. I, I'd go check my email, and I'd end up signing ten or twelve petitions. You know, right. before nine thirty in the morning, and I just felt like these things were going off into a void. There was no accountability. There was um, there was no. Uh, um, recognition or acknowledgement or any any um, any reflective uh, behavior uh, on on part of the the entire administration really right um, and uh, that was that was starting to really kind of unnerve me um, yeah. as a person that's not not very politically active. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm, you know, a little bit politically aware, but, um, you know, I, I didn't study political history or I never really, you know, uh, delved uh, too deeply into that, uh, mm -hmm. that territory. But anyway, um, this, uh, this open call, uh, came up for an art project, um, in uh, in Pacifica at the Sanchez Art Center, and I I had participated uh, in this um, in this jury show um, a couple of years uh, before, um, 
but I decided this year to propose something different than, than my other work and merge my, uh, my interest in horror films with um, these, uh, these political you know, monsters, uh, contemporary political figures. Um, and the, the show at the Sanchez Art Center is to uh, create 50 pieces in 50 days. And I thought, well, why don't, uh, why don't I see, <laughs> let me make a list and see if I could even find 50, 50 uh, people that, um, that I could label um, a monster. I'm going to say no problem. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's kind of shocking, but uh, I, I could have I done 100, you know, easy. Right. Yeah. And it's like every other day, some other person is emerging with some some incredible, you know, misdeed or or, or some right. level of malfeasance that you know I didn't even consider. Right. Um, yeah. So to to back up, I I um I thought, well, let me let me propose, let me think about this and let me propose something, and um, I. I I stumbled upon a, a book on um, psychology and uh, there was uh, some experiment where they, they took photographs of, of a face, split them down the middle and reproduced uh, two, two versions of the same side of the face and stitched them back together. So there were examples of two right sides of a person's face and two left sides of a person's face. But they were they were okay. flipped, so they made a whole face, and um, Got it. it's really strange. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe I could take a photograph that's that's in public domain, and you know, depict these individuals that way. <laughs> like pick the pick which look more sinister or or more foreboding, and do uh, a project just based on that, just just based on. Uh, you know, two left parts of a face or two right parts of a face. Um, okay. But then, um, just uh, uh, almost almost on a lark, I thought, well, let me see if I can make Donald Trump. Um, if I can merge Donald Trump with uh, uh, an image of of uh, Boris Karloff as Frankenstein's monster, and um, I did that, and I was really happy with the results. Um, I, I had seen, you know, internet uh, posts where people merged uh, pictures of Nixon with Trump, and I thought that was kind of amusing and uh, and interesting. And I thought, well, let me see if I could um, tie this all back into into the uh, uh, the theory of uh, a monster and uh, the theory of someone who lacks empathy and. Um, in some ways, it all, it all kind of dovetailed uh, nicely. So um, my proposal was accepted. I did I did two or three uh, samples, um, and I decided to uh, house the the uh, the results of the di- digital manipulation within a, um, uh, a mast head uh, that that mimics the famous monsters of Filmland uh, magazine masthead. 
and um, numbered numbered all of my uh, 50 individuals uh, the way it, the magazine would number them and um, write sensational copy uh, like like you would see on a on a on a movie magazine a tabloid you know kind of pulp magazine and then, yeah the copy is uh, amazing so you you wrote all of that for every one of them right thank you uh yeah yeah i uh i have and you uh, had to do it every day you had to do one of those I had to do it every day. Yeah. That's so yeah. intense, man. It was a challenge. Yeah. It was a It looks like challenge. something that would have taken many months to to do. I'm really impressed. I'm impressed that you did it at all. I'm impressed that you even took on the project, just the scope of it. But um the fact that you were able to to crank out so many and they're all good and they're all Thanks. Like actual <laughs> can they all contain like the actual information of what you know what was going on with those people at that time yeah i i sort of determined early on i didn't want this to just be a name calling exercise um and and you could you could see it i think if you look if you look closely some of the early ones were a little bit more skewed in that direction mm -hmm. um you so had to work it, out that original anger and frustration yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah, it evolved Plus a little started bit over time. You also started with a couple of heavy hitters, so right, it makes right. sense you'd be pretty rageful. It's it's funny, but I I mentally said, well, don't don't do those guys first. You know, leave leave Trump, McConnell, Barr, you know, uh, for a little bit later. Um, but I uh, I did a little bit. I. I <laughs> I worked Kellyanne Conway in early, and I think she was part of my original proposal. Um, and then I, I kind of went back and revised. Um, but I would I'd begin my day with, um, well, I started with a list. I, I started with a list of 50, and I tried to rank um, the individuals according to the, the level of corruption. Or, or the level, the perceived level of corruption, um, but I left it kind of open ended and gave myself the ability to um, to rearrange and, and adjust uh, later on. Um, but I, I was unprepared for the uh, the depth and breadth of corruption and malfeasance. That's uh, it just. It, blatantly on display within this administration um and it was it was distressing and uh it was unnerving um uh, every day i would i would begin with uh the person i was i was sort of examining and i would spend um an hour or two uh researching those people and um i i was just appalled with what i was able to to discover in, in within a few minutes, really. Right. Um, so I, I gathered together, um, you know, the, uh, the biggest, uh, 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 I guess the, uh, misdeeds or, uh, or, um, collection of crimes or crimes or, or yeah. Malfeasance. Horrors. Yeah. And the then I, uh, 
Yeah, exactly. And then I, I, um, I sort of, sort of narrowed narrowed that down um, to to something that was a little more. It's, it's shocking that I had to narrow it down, you know. But yeah. um, I had to I had to get it down to to a couple little paragraphs that I could I could work in there. Um, from there, I would uh, I would research uh, imagery. Um, sometimes I would start with the politician. Sometimes I would start with um, with the monster, um, and then see who would uh, who would make a good uh, a good pairing. Um, I'm curious then, to know who who just immediately jumped to mind for you. Like who who were you able to just look at and say like, oh, Trump is Frankenstein, and so and so is this, and so and so. You know what I mean? The, the like Trump, how, how... Yeah, the Trump one came came pretty easily. Um, I think uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> Had already been, she been pointed out to me. She uh, she looks an awful lot like um, um, Uncle Fester from oh. uh, the Adams family. Um, That's amazing. So I uh, I got a a little bit of heat for that one. I was accused of maybe being a little bit uh, cruel with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but then when I reexamined um, some of the some of the the, the lies that she um, perpetuated and some of the misdeeds that she was involved in, I, I thought, you know, uh, she she really had it coming to her. Yeah. I mean, she she basically misled the American public for close to two years. Her her entire uh, the length of her uh, tenure there was all lies. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... It's appalling. And she wasn't um, necessarily making them up, but she was just passing them on and, yeah. and covering up everything that she could. Yeah. And then I think under uh, under investigation, um, say, oh, well, I, I misspoke or I, in the heat of the moment, I, I said this, and, you know, and it's just, it's just awful. It's really disgusting what, what all of them have been doing. And, and it's so brazen and obvious. I don't know how we're not in the streets, you know, Yeah. screaming bloody murder.
so Kellyanne Conway, that 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 came pretty easy too. Uh, someone had already got to her when I when I typed her name in. Uh, the Crypt Keeper was sort of linked to Kellyanne Conway, and um, yeah, and, and that's interesting too because oh, the, tale, the, the tales from the crypt, tales from the crypt. Is that yeah, okay. yeah, that um, that's pretty and that actually goes back to uh, EC comics, which were um, uh, precursors to uh, ma- the the horror magazines like like Creepy and Eerie, um, okay. Tales from the Crypt, uh, The Vault of Horror, uh, were published by a company uh, uh, called EC, and. Um, they uh, they ran afoul with the uh, with the, the federal government um, and were were sort of forced uh, into folding. Um, there were there were congressional hearings uh, about these these lurid horror comic books that were supposedly uh, corrupting the minds of, of innocent children. There's a there's a really great book called Seduction of the Innocent. Oh yeah. Um, that uh, that kind of uh, goes into depth about that uh, that time in uh, in America. Um, so I, I don't know. A lot of people don't know, but EC um, sort of uh, dropped their horror and suspense lines, and they they evolved into Mad Magazine. And uh, oh, I loved cool. Mad Magazine when I was growing up too. It it had that yeah, me uh, too. that sort of outsider satirical approach um which i also found interesting you know in in light of of this project you know that it's all kind of connected in a in a way um and mad magazine would would target politicians and uh and portray them as as corrupt individuals and uh and they did it better than most i thought yeah, I mean, I didn't even yeah. I didn't even understand a lot of it as a kid. I just like, like it operated on many levels. Mad was Mad was funny for seven year olds and for you know seventy year olds. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I didn't get all of it then, but in retrospect, I can see I can still look at some of the faces of politicians being character caricatured and um, and yeah, they were pretty bold about it about. Were you reading them um, in the in the Nixon years, or is that a little too early? That's before I was born in seventy two. But okay. Um, but my brother, uh, my brother's four years older, and he got into Mad early on. So I think I was looking at them before I would, uh, you know, before the yeah. age most people started looking at them. And, yeah, and well, I was born. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even my brother probably had an early start on it. So I was, I just looked at anything he was doing. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was born in 71 and there were always older kids in the neighborhood, you know, who had, who had mad magazines and they, they may have been handed down from their older brothers right. too. Um, Along with so, some playboys. Right, right. But uh, yeah, mad. Even even when that uh, information was was over your head, um, you could still uh, you, you could still bridge that that information gap. You know, you could still make the link that this person is not 
on the up and up or this person is being satirized for a reason. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, even as a little kid, you get it. You get the tone of it. Like, Oh, that, that must be the bad guy in this image. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You understand it immediately. And I think that was part of the genius of mad is that they could bury these really deep issues or not even bury, but just sort of, you know, incorporate them into what was otherwise a, a comic magazine, a comedy. Well, I guess it's satirical. It's all satire, but. Right. Um, and sadly, they're not publishing the, the print version anymore. I think they, they shut stinks. down maybe over a year ago or, or so. Um, well, they had a good run. Yeah, they sure did. But <laughs> think think about those kids now, you know, with their with their missing out on. I know. I think about that a lot with my own daughter. Just all the things from my childhood that don't exist anymore and never yeah. will again, likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been replaced with a with a different weird watered down everything. <laughs> Everything's watered down and automated and delivered to you know constantly yeah. and in the, in the most convenient way possible yeah so yeah don't have to and and for us you know i i i think growing up the the um the search or or the discovery was uh it just made you appreciate you know that that topic or that 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 thing you know a little bit more whether it was a record or a comic book or a monster magazine or, or seeing a monster movie, you know, there was this, um, maybe there was a, a, an image attached to something that, that was just startling or shocking. And then, um, you know, it it made you, it made you hungry to, to kind of track that down. Um, I was talking with a friend the other day about, um, about you know it's october we were talking about horror movies and what we were going to watch and i i brought up um the mephisto waltz from um the early 70s or mid mid 70s and uh are are you familiar with uh i don't know if i've ever seen it but i can totally picture the the box like the the vhs exactly (laughs) i've seen that on the wall in the video store a million times that's that's exactly where I was going with this story because he said, "Oh, that was the one where I had the the dog with like a human head or a mask of a human head on the dog, and that was such a strange, unsettling image." Um, yeah. To a six, seven, eight year old, I don't know when the first time I saw that was, but um, that'll mess. I haven't I haven't thought of that film in. 30 some years but um yeah it just it really hit me and took me right back to that that recognition that time when i when i saw it and it's just like what is this all about you know <laughs> it was just so so strange um so anyway yeah get, so back to to uh the project um after i after i kind of had the content uh in in mind i would then try to seek out imagery um that would that would sort of merge well um and that was a challenge because um not only did you have to get the the angle 
uh, right, uh, but you had to look out for shadows. Um, you had to uh, make sure the resolution of the imagery was close enough um, that they would that they would blend, that that I could overlap and erase and and sort of uh, piece them together. And um, I did uh, I did dig out some of my my old uh, famous monsters magazines and was able to scan some things. Um, oh, that's but cool. Largely, largely found stuff on on the web, and then um, you know once uh, once I kind of got that narrowed down, I would I would set about um, digitally manipulating them and uh, hopefully if finding a level that was uh, that was cohesive enough that uh, people could still recognize the, the political figure or pundit and also um, also still kind of get an idea of where where I found the uh, or what, what monster movie I was referencing or what monster was was uh, you know being that they were being paired with right um, I think so you I, did an I, amazing I, job thanks thanks it's really There's, really incredible. There's some that it was just uncanny, you know, they, yeah. they would drop into place and it was, it was just, it was just really uncanny how, how, uh, how close they were, you know, um, I would usually can you, start can by, you, can you name a couple who were like that? Was Kushner like that? Kushner was, yeah, it was. Um, I, I wasn't sure how many people would get that. That's that's the uh, the picture of uh, Dorian Gray, um, and that's a that's an older version of of Dorian Gray. Um, I think from the '30s. Um, I forget now which which version of, of the film I used, uh -huh. um, but that that angle and that face. Uh, that one aligned pretty well, um, and uh, actually Lindsey Graham, um, he uh, he aligned very um, very well with um, the Italian uh, zombie uh, <laughs> movie. So Love it. you know, all I, I really had to do was uh, kind of decrease the opacity of his his skin you know and pull up the zombie uh you know and i i would i just sort of erased his right eye and the uh you know the zo the zombie from the the movie poster had these you know these awful like earthworms kind of coming out of the eye socket and right. uh you know i really i really like how that one turned out yeah it's amazing um, it's beautiful i mean it's, so it's I, horrifying I, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 real grotesque ones I, I i gravitate towards those are my favorites um the uh, mark meadows one too uh which is uh incorporates imagery from um the abominable dr fives with vincent price you know i like um yeah in some of these cases it, it may be just um eyes or hair or um, their neck, you know, body and shoulders, you know, that yeah. are that are really being utilized. Um, but in in others, I um, 
I tried to uh, I tried to do a fifty fifty sort of blend of of both people. Um, one yeah. of, one of the rules I set out for myself was I wouldn't I wouldn't mix and match you know monsters. I wouldn't pull uh, teeth from one one creature and 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 a eye or a scar. Yeah, I think that was yeah. a good choice. It, it keep it keeps it pure and makes it. It, it's a direct reference to that particular monster, which I think is more powerful. Because in a lot of cases, it's not just the that the imagery lines up, but but the concept of that monster also fits with the characteristics of the person. Yeah, I was I was trying to be cognizant of that too, like I'm sure. with with someone like uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who. Um, you know when he was when he was being grilled uh, at that uh, confirmation um, uh, Supreme Court judge confirmation hearing, just right. he just seemed to uh, he he just seemed to melt. You know, right? He was <laughs> uh, oozing, so oozing in his seat. Why don't I? Why don't I just do a literal uh, interpretation of this? And uh, uh, th- that one. Uh, references um the movie the incredible melting man i think it was from like 1977 but the the imagery um came from um a vincent price film uh i, I want to say house of wax but I, that's not right uh, it, that was the obvious thing but it's right. uh it's it's not um it's like maybe theater of blood or something yeah okay yeah, but uh, I thought, well, this 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 kind of idea that that uh, uh, this politician or this political figure, Supreme Court nominee, uh, can't can't stand up to the bright light of, of scrutiny. not too late um i don't know how many undecided voters are out there uh but what i learned very quickly was that um 
you know, a, a, a vote for Donald Trump um, carries more weight uh, to it than 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 just that that single uh, approval. You know, um, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're giving uh, tacit approval to. 50 or more really horrendous, uh, awful people. And I wanted, I wanted people to, to just be aware of that. You know, um, when I have engaged with Trump supporters, um, you know, the more, the more rational or, or, or maybe thoughtful ones, um, they tend to, um, fixate on three or four, core issues, uh, things that are important to them. Um, one person I engaged with, um, said, well, I, I like, I like, um, his, I like how tough he is with, uh, with sanctions and, and, uh, his, his trade wars with China. And I like that, uh, you know, he, he made progress on the, the first step act or, um, I like his stance on abortion. I mean, that may be fine and good, but if you're voting for Donald Trump, you should be aware that the people that he's putting into into uh, powers of position, putting putting into the administration, are are really um, in majority of cases are really reprehensible awful people who are engaged in a level of criminality that, that is, is entirely like unexpected. And, um, it's just, I'm, I'm flummoxed, you know, just talking about it now, you know, like there were people that I thought, well, let me look into Elaine Chow, you know, um, who I thought was a pretty innocuous, a person. She's uh, what d- director of um, of U- U.S. Secretary of Transportation, right? But you know, you think, well, how how bad could it be? You know, Donald Trump's gonna let him run the country. You know, but you have people like Elaine Chao who are um, d- doing or uh, getting kickbacks from um, from Chinese businesses that that. Maybe linked to um, uh, Russian enterprises. Um, <laughs> she has also established um, a a very dubious uh, uh, channel to fund money into her husband's home state, Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, uh, to help him get reelection uh, reelected. So. It's like this. This level of malfeasance is is just not limited to Trump and like his his immediate core people. It's it's throughout the whole administration. Well, if you think about the kind of person that Trump is and the kind of dealings he's had throughout his life, the only people left who would be willing to to deal with him at all are going to be the the most corrupt. Mo- yeah. You know, it's like his everybody he's appointed to any station is from his handpicked circle of of criminals. You know, they're all it's just the people who are all operating outside the the rules, and um, so no no big surprise. Um, and also, anyone who would marry Mitch McConnell 
don't know. She's got she's got issues that go deeper than those kickbacks. Just because I mean, just anybody who's that outwardly uh, cruel, like I don't, you know, it's hard to even yeah. imagine that dude do, doing a nice thing one time in his life. You know, and yeah. and the, for me, what I've been trying to do lately, it, it, partly just to to stay sane, but also because I want to, like I was making political protest art about Trump and and all his idiots and um and I was always feeling a bit conflicted because I don't I don't want to be putting negativity into the world um, yeah but I but I also don't want to sit down in the face of negativity like I don't I don't want to just do nothing when I see somebody right. else perpetrating such overtly negative, shit in the world like all, all the right. time over and over right. and uh so it's it's i don't know what to do with it exactly there's this energy that needs to be expressed and a lot of it is anger and frustration and just exasperation and for me making art has always helped me just get back into myself and just channel the the good honest uh magical stuff that's out there in the universe and uh but I kept finding myself making this artwork about these people that I just, they're just detestable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in the same place, you know, and it's like, well, if, you know, why not expose the ugliness? And if there's a way to do it with a little bit of humor or a little bit of black humor or satire, then, then that, that became the, the angle for me to pursue. Um, I, I thought back to, um, I think it's, it's a, a quote by, um, I'm, now I'm not entirely sure I should have looked this up, but is it Albert DeSalvo who said, um, when the, when the machine or the, the levers of power, the, the, the machinery gets so odious, um, you need to put your body to the gears you know, and I, I, uh, I really thought about it. He was, I, I, I think, politically active um, during the civil rights era and maybe into the late 60s. And I thought, man, that, that's just an incredible quote. You know, the, the, the apparatus or the machine has become so odious that you're willing to sacrifice, you know, what, what you have. You're willing to put your body into the gears to disrupt this, this awful, this awful machine from going forward. And, um, that really resonated with me. That's and a pretty I thought, heavy, that's a pretty heavy statement. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not very good at, um, phone banking. Um, I can't see myself, uh, in the age of COVID, you know, canvassing or knocking on doors, um, but I thought, well, what can I do? I have, I have a background in, um, in advertising, in graphic design. I know how to do a little bit of retouching. You know, I'm not like a skilled, uh, high end retoucher, but I, I figured I knew enough <laughs> that I could, I could get, uh, I could get by and I could use, um, I could use some tricks, some features. Uh, there's a tool, um, uh, it's called noise. So I was adding a lot of noise to my imagery to kind of In cover Photoshop, up. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. To kind of cover yeah. up some of my, um, uh, some, some of my less, 
you know, less perfect uh, uh, decisions and, um, and, and, and make it look and, and sort of uh, resonate with the, the original magazine, which was very pulpy and crude in spots. I mean, it was all, uh, all the images were, were shot through a, uh, a halftone plate. So you have halftone pattern. Um, it's funny, you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, Kushner, and uh, I was a little bit disappointed in that because the, the halftone pattern uh, in, some of, in some of the uh, Dorian Gray features is, is showing through. And I was like, yeah, you know, if you, if you look really close, well, you can see it. And I think uh, you got to yeah. give yourself a break. I think, yeah. I think you did a really <laughs> tremendous job, and especially considering the time constraints. I mean, the fact that you're, you were making one of those per day for 50 days yeah. in a row. That's One that's really impressive, and and yeah. I would imagine taxing not not the artistic aspect of it, but just the just the heaviness of the content that you were taking in. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, in in a lot of ways it was a great project in that it gave um, it gave me an outlet for uh, for my my anger my frustration, um, and and it it helped you know put put the language down it, it helped put you know these words uh into action in some ways these are thoughts or ideas um but it was terrible in some ways for my mental health right <laughs> What's your feeling right now on, on how the next 30 days are going to go? Um, yeah. Man, it, it vacillates uh, daily. Um, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was encouraged by the national polls. Um, and then I see or, or learn what's happening on, uh, on the state level. Um, there's there's a lot of corruption and a lot of malfeasance I think happening in Pennsylvania, 
specifically, um, you know, voter suppression for sure um, has has come into into play now more than when I when I started doing this project. Um, but it's it's uh, it's distressing. It's and it's so uh, it's so obvious now. Um, when I was winding up the project. Um, news about Louis DeJoy was, was starting to, uh, to filter out. Um, it's funny because I was explaining this project to a friend of mine and he said, Oh, well, have you heard about this guy, Louis DeJoy? And he's like, it's just right out the open. Like the guy's removing mail drop boxes, you know, He's, he's dismantling, uh, sorting machines. And uh, it couldn't be any more blatant. The guy's instituted, I, and uh, and on the same day, he's just tearing everything apart. I, it's 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 incredible. And then I you know I d- I dug a little digging, and it's like this guy has clear and obvious conflicts of interest. <sighs> I mean, there's no there's no good rationale for why he should have been put in that position. Well, that he goes for been. every every one of them. I mean, DeVos, and I mean, think about yeah. the the way they, they all are not fit for the job. Yeah, somebody like, like, said like, to me, uh, "DeJoy is to the to the postal service what DeVos is to uh, the education." Yeah, uh, or system. or whatever. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the guy, the the guy who's trying to do away with net neutrality, like was, is appointed to yeah. the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. I snuck, I snuck him in, uh, in, uh, in number, uh, number 50. Oh, he's in the group. Uh, one of the group I, ones. Is it, it's Ajit. P- 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 Ajit. P- Ajit. Something P- like AI. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and everybody, I mean, the guy and <laughs> the guy, the head of the EPA starts to dismantle that, the, the head of the, I mean, everything, it's all being taken apart. Yeah. Us to watch. Yeah. Um, do you do you believe that that he has COVID? I do. Yeah. Do you? What do you yeah. think about some of the? I think he probably contracted it earlier than what, when we're being told. Um, I, sure. I just heard early this morning that Hope Hicks probably had it, um, or or that news of her uh, testing positive was being withheld. Right. Um, so I, I, uh, I, w- it wouldn't surprise me if, if we learned that, that, um, Trump had it before that first debate. Um, I, I did read that, um, he showed up late to the debate and, um, there was no time for him to get tested. So mm. that's pretty suspicious and, um, may indicate that he had it before the debate was not showing any symptoms, but tested positive and just, just went, went right ahead with business as usual until, right. uh, until the information broke. But uh, <laughs> Do you, yeah, I know there's, there's speculation out there. Like, is this, is this just a tactic? Um, you know, can, is he going to emerge as a strong Are you man? able to hear those? Are you able to hear those theories and, and that argument? Uh, they're, they're interesting. They're, they're certainly, uh, fun to, uh, to run, run as a thought experiment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
I, I, I think it's, I think it's more serious than that. And, and that, that kind of, um, I think that, that, that level of, of operation, um, you know, is, is probably beyond the, the scope of what he's, he's willing to, to pull off. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 30 days from the election. I don't, I don't think he's faking an illness, but, um, yeah. But the, the irony, I mean, Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Well, I was going to say if, if it is true and he does have it, the, the irony is just like Shakespearean, you know, <laughs> in proportion It's just incredible. Yeah. It's the day after he's like mocking his opponent for uh, I know wearing yeah. a mask, the biggest mask he's ever seen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. so what was your first, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news? I was and, stunned. And yeah, I was. I was really. Uh, I was really shocked. Um, but I shouldn't have been. I mean, he. Uh, you know, he he had it coming to him. He he disregarded his his own uh, his own uh, officials, the own his own people, the recommendations they were making. Everyone disregarded everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What what was your emotional reaction? Do you remember? Um. Yeah, I I I didn't feel. Um, I didn't feel vindictive and I didn't, I didn't feel sympathetic. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was just, um, I was just more, 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 more surprised. I think more, more shocked than anything. Um, I had the he, same. That he's, yeah, he couldn't take these precautions. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just interested because I, I wonder, how, you know, how many people, had the first reaction be like, yes, great. He's going to die. Cool. You know, and, and how many others had the reaction like, Oh, that's, I don't like him at all, but that's a heavy duty thing. And I don't, you know, that's not, I guess there's a whole spectrum of ways that you could react, but I was interested to see my own because I, I don't actually wish ill upon him aside from, uh, just the need to have him gone. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. need him to, I mean, there, there are parts of me that feel like he should pay for all the shit he's done. And, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, relate to those parts. I want to relate to the part that says, this is a guy who never got the love and approval he needed and it turned him into this disaster of a person and he's, he wreaks havoc everywhere he goes. Um, right, right. And you could say that about all of, all these people who were calling monsters or what, you know, however we label them, these are people who some, you know, had something happen in their lives that turned them into sort of miserable people. And, yeah. and now they're, you know, a lot of them are sort of acting out from that place and either unaware or, or not caring about what the impact is. Uh, so I, that's the part that I have a problem with, you know, if I were to see any of those people in a less powerful position 
and they were acting the way that they were, I would just think like, oh, that poor, sad individual, you know, that person yeah. has a shitty life and now they're acting badly. <laughs> but, um, but when they're in power and they're making us all suffer for their decisions, then you feel like you have to rise up and put a stop to it. And it's hard to hold that, that idea and the idea of, you know, compassion at the same time. It's really difficult because let's let's think about let's think about Donald Trump as a monster uh, that's been defined as someone who lacks empathy, who can't feel any compassion or sympathy uh, for for anyone other than himself. Okay, mm -hmm. would you would you extend um, that feeling of of uh, of compassion that you just that you just said you know he is a human being after all i mean would you exp would you feel the same way about um ted bundy or the zodiac killer or um well i i think i mean i think the challenge gets bigger as you add to the list of horrors that a person has perpetrated but but right. i actually do believe on a spiritual level that you you do have to extend the same love and compassion to that person and mm -hmm. and probably more than to anyone else you know those are the people mm -hmm. who obviously need it the most because something went went haywire yeah. in their in their life in their yeah i mean imagine uh, imagine what it would ha what would have to happen to you to cause you to start behaving like some of these people are you know imagine mm -hmm. like what what all the different factors all the bullying all the abusive relationships or w whatever the la the the losses the lack of uh, recognition the whatever it is um mm -hmm. it has mm -hmm. to get pretty fucking bad for you to turn mm -hmm. around and start abusing everyone that you have access to you know or just being mm -hmm. just sort of indiscriminately bulldozing and steamrolling people mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so but i think yeah those people are Un unbelievably unhappy and that's why they behave the way they do and what they really need is what they never got probably in childhood you know they like they started off with a deficit and then mm -hmm. and then lived out the story that they were the victim of all these horrible events and and now it's everybody else's fault yeah yeah so but I, it's, but I gets, personally just have complicated. a, it does. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I battle internally with my, the side of me that cannot tolerate oppression and wants to stand up and fight anybody who's, who's perpetrating it with the side of me. That's like, I don't want to live in negative, hateful feelings. I want to live in loving, caring, you know, supportive feelings. That's that's what builds community and relationship, and that's what's important to me. So, and at the end of the day, you probably feel that that some of these people can still redeem themselves, right? That they they should still I, be given a chance to. I don't know if I feel that. I mean, I think or, within, I think within human society, some of them are are uh, beyond redeemable in the terms that we've laid out. For each other, mm -hmm. but I think on mm -hmm. a on a higher level, everyone is not not even redeemable because that I think that makes it too 
I, I don't really believe in in the idea of original sin or anything like we're bad to start with and we have to work our way back to being okay. You know, I don't believe any of that. Mm-hmm. I think everybody is here serving their purpose and um, they have a right to be here, even if they're a total asshole, you know? They're, mm-hmm. they're just trying mm-hmm. to figure it out the way that all of us are trying to figure it out. But some of us were given better tools and a better environment to start with and better support, you know? I mean, imagine if you didn't have any of those things, you might turn out to be a total asshole too. And you might, you know, find yourself in a position of power and and realize like, oh shit, I can wield this the same way that it was wielded against me when I was too, you know, when I didn't have power. Yeah. And that's how you get a Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Have you read Mary Trump's book? I haven't. I've been, no. I, I, I've just had to take a big step away from yeah. ingesting too much of it. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. peripherally aware of all the stuff that I feel I need to know about. And, um, you know, cause, so, cause you can't hide from it even if you mm-hmm. want to, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't immerse myself in it or I'll go batty. <laughs> but you sound you s- still sound hopeful like you still sound I'm, like I am uh, this is a recent thing for me that hope to have hope in in much of any realm is sort of a recent thing uh well that's not true there there are ways in which I've been hopeful but I'm hopeful in uh, in the consciousness that needs to be expressed through all the many facets of, of the universe i'm hope i'm hopeful that that has its own thing going on and is going to continue regardless of what the human species tries to do um i'm not super hopeful with what our culture has turned into and and where it, you know, the trend it seems to be on um i'm yeah. not hopeful about capitalism or uh, globalization or climate disruption like all of that stuff is real and pretty scary and uh but i am hopeful that we can persevere uh in spite of all of it and i think that the way to do that is by loving one another in spite in spite of all the shit that you know like whatever that person is guilty of you have to find a way to to not hate them and see them as separate from us yeah, I, I think that's a good approach. And, you know, when it when I was working on this project, um, I I pretty, you know, early on thought, well, I can't just take pot shots at these people. You know, I can't right. just do Which is what most people do. Calling. Right, right. And it's ineffective. So, and, and in fact, it's, it's counterproductive usually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So I, I thought, you know, as, as the project um, evolved, uh, and, and you'll see, like, it, it, there's, there's just more verbal content because I, at times I thought, well, let me just list these things. Let me just put these things out there and let the, the record stand, you know. Um, that, that way it sort of evolved for me to, to just be more about... Um, generating awareness you know right because this Uh, republican if if you're supporting donald trump you're also supporting 
uh, a, a guy who you know believes the 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 world every every sentient being was created in six thousand years who believes that. Uh, <laughs> You know the pyramids were were used for uh, grain storage. You know you're 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 believe you know, you're awesome. you're giving approval uh, to you know Ryan Zinke who just you know just destroyed the em- environment. You know just blatantly carved up federal lands. You know yeah. um, and and made inroads to to other things. You're giving approval to. Uh, um, Manafort, you're giving approval to um, Michael Flynn, you know, who Trump was warned about, you know, that he has this checkered past. So it's like, right. um, so yeah, yeah it gets part it gets, of... it gets hard. It gets difficult, yeah, because it's so overwhelming. Um, you know, how do you combat that? How do you? How do you? How do you uh, yeah. uh, kind of stay optimistic about the future when you see that that um, that there's a lot of these people out there? Yeah, I, it's a good question. I know, and I don't. I mean, I'm really only starting to learn how to do that, so I don't. I don't really have an answer. I think I really do think it has to do with your what you're putting out into the world, and I, th- yeah. I think that it it comes back um, in the way, you know, it reflects back to you the way that you send it out there. So I, I don't know. I, I do know from my own, just com- comparing how I felt a couple months ago when I was making a lot of art about Trump and looking at his face a lot and feeling, I, I had to just sort of like tune out a certain part of my, consciousness where I was just like, this is just an image of a face. This is not, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't look at him and think about everything at the same time. I was just looking at like this face, this needs to match up with this right here and this part, you know? So I stopped sort of seeing him. Um, But I was immersed in trying to keep up with every, uh, every, criminal act and every, you know, I was like, well, shit, what am yeah. I going to, what am I going to examine today or may, or bring awareness to today? And it was just yeah. endless, endless chain of shitty stuff. And, uh, yeah. I don't think I want my life to be about that. You know, I, yeah. I want to keep yeah. making art. I just don't want to only make art. That's going to also challenge me to be, you know, okay with reality. I don't know. It's, I think that is part of art's purpose is to, is to like make, make clear the things that are not always spoken. And, um, and for each individual to have their way to show it is really important and valuable. You know, it has to, it's expressing through each of us differently. And I think that that voice needs to be heard in whatever way you're, you, you know, and I think, and you said something earlier about when you were starting to do the research and how it was kind of a challenge to, to do that. I, I think it's, we have to examine it. We have to be honest about what we perceive as evils and wrongdoing. And, and we have to accept that it exists and we don't have to agree with it or be okay with it. We just have to acknowledge that it's real 
in order to keep moving past it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Totally. So you think, um, you think mid, mid November, you'll, uh, you'll start to make some more optimistic, uh, pieces. <laughs> well, <laughs> are you I'm, hopeful for the near future or no, or not, you, not at all. Uh, I mean, I've been in a state of, <laughs> of, uh, of paralysis really just for like this. I feel like I'm in a holding pattern. I'm just kind of waiting to see how it unfolds. Yeah. It's unprecedented. We're in unprecedented times. And, um, this, you know, you'll notice in the in the my top corner of all my pieces, it said this is the death knell of democracy. We're on such shaky ground right now, and and this is how democracies die. You know, mm. this is. Um, I heard a great um, radio uh, uh, interview the other day, and um, the the playbook uh, that Trump is is using and has been using is it's straight out of like all these other autocrats. Yeah, um, I saw some of those comparisons. It's, it's, it's um, I whether he consciously <laughs> knows it or not, this is this is how it happens, you know. Um, and and those those steps are, they've they've been taken, and we're we're well underway, you know. Right, um, and then add to I, that I, the global pandemic and natural yeah. disasters daily and race yeah. riots and you know political yeah. unrest yeah. around the world and it's it's a uh, it's adding up to something bigger than any of us have seen i think and uh we shall see i i am i am still optimistic that humans will find a way i think that we're we're incredibly resourceful uh you know it, if we can look past all the bullshit that we've decided to name everything, you know, all the distinctions between things that cause us to feel separate, if we can mm. look past that, I think we're amazing together. I mean, every time mm. you see a, a flood or a fire or anything, there's some stranger running into the house or jumping into the river or whatever to save somebody. They're just they're mm. like, that's, that is what we're wired to do. And yeah. it's all the other stuff that we've put in the way that keeps us from feeling that connectedness all the time. Yeah. It's only when we're really pushed to to the brink, but we're being pushed to the brink right now. So I think that, you know, and, and in a way that at least in my lifetime has never happened. It's more, it's more collective. Like we're more universally alike right now than any time in human history, I think. Because, yeah, no. because we're all kind of enduring the same thing for the first time. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Different globally. Different yeah. variations and and you know a wide spectrum of experiences, but it but we're we can all relate to what you know the one thing is that we're supposed to be concerned about. What the one big thing? Well, two right now, I guess, COVID and climate. And then yeah. everybody else has their own individual things to be worried about. But uh, I don't know. I just think that when the shit hits the fan, people will save each other. But before that happens, there's going to be a whole bunch of ugly, you know, divisive uh, warring. I mean, I think there's going to be actual violence and and uh, over these ideologies. You know? Yeah. 
but yeah. but then in the long run it'll it'll be seen by more and more people that all that shit is meaningless are are you hopeful for a um peaceful transition of power if not not by a long shot no i mean if if there's no way there's no way it'll be smooth or peaceful there's just he's already made it clear for months we've been talking about how it's not going to turn over uh you know Mm -hmm. agreeably yeah but i mean when i my first when i first read the news of trump and melania having covid i the voice in the the words I heard myself saying was like, oh, so this is how it's going to play out. And hmm. it was just like, this is an interesting turn to the whatever. Cause I, I don't know. I, I tend to believe there's, I don't believe in predeterminism per se, but I, I believe that there's a certain amount of design going on behind what we can see um, and ways things that, things have a way of working themselves out. Um, not for everybody. I mean, some people are, are not able to, well, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a very subjective thing. I think everybody's, everybody sees a different version of the same reality. So it's hard, it's hard to know how people will react when it's, you know, when there are no more choices, when it's like, Hey, do you want, water today or not like that's yeah when when it comes down to that i think people are gonna say all right that guy over there with the slightly darker skin color he can have some water too it's not something we need to think about anymore you know so that's i don't know i don't know i mean that might be a thousand years away i don't know (laughs) for real i mean it might be many many generations down the road that we start to look past the delineations that we've created but they are, but yeah. they are all just that. They're just constructs that we, you know, the nation states and the lines that we draw on maps and the religious barriers that keep us from agreeing about shit. You know, it's yeah. all made up. Yeah. Yeah. So my hope is for the, for what is beneath that or beyond that. My hope my hope lies in the in the spiritual aspect of of humans and their ability mm-hmm. to uh, commune as as energy and vibration. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of, of like stuff to, to witness that's yeah. that I'm not feeling that great about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to get bad before it gets better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, fortunately. Yeah. But, but it is, uh, again, I always return, or at least lately, I just return to the idea that if you personally are doing something good or doing your best to bring goodness and unity and love into the world, that's going to be better than the alternative, mm-hmm. better than better yeah. than doing something bad and better than doing nothing. Right. So right. I don't see why... I mean, if those are the choices, I'm going to pick that one every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I might still want to fight an asshole who's like just being, you know, impossible, but it doesn't mean I don't love people in general, you know, that I don't, my, yeah. my, I want to be able to love everybody. It's mm-hmm. just that some people yeah. make it difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
maybe this is a maybe this is a good point to to stop. I think so. Yeah, I think <laughs> let's wrap it up here. Let's, let's end on something positive, huh? Or or a, li- a little bit optimistic. Yeah, um, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy doing this. Uh, I, I, did, I first time, so I wasn't sure how it would go, but uh, yeah, it was great. It, it was great. Thanks. I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties and um, I, I hope that we worked through it, but um, it's uh, it, I'm really happy to hear you talk about that project. I'm sorry we didn't get to more of your other art. I'm going to make sure other people, everybody knows how to find your collage, and I'll, I'll, I'll just direct everyone to your website. Cool. Um, yeah. Because I, I really I love that work too, and and it's way different. And I, you know, I didn't even know the political stuff was was in there, hiding inside you. Um, yeah. Because I'm just used to. <laughs> I didn't you. either. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't well, know it was there either. Well, you, it's pr- pretty, uh, pretty spectacular job of of bringing it to the fore. So nice job. Thank you, thank you. Cool man. Well, uh, thanks so much, it. Mike. And yeah, and if you want to circle back in in a couple weeks, you know, I'd I'd be up for that too, and uh, let you know if there if anything really came of all this, if it if it changed anyone's minds. Yeah, I would love to hear vote. Um, uh, I'd love to hear the impact so, it has, or if you get n- nasty letters from people too. Yeah. So, so far, there's there hasn't been much pushback. Okay, good. So it's it's, but then I worry that I'm I'm preaching to the choir, you know. So uh, doing things like this, and, and you know, now I'm I'm involved with making some oversized posters. I I I feel that uh, I I need. I can and I should try to push it a little further. I should try to uh, get some people to think a little bit differently about this stuff. And hopefully I can, and hopefully they won't just take it as uh, as name calling or... Uh, I don't think so. I think it's pretty yeah. clear that you, you there's a very clear message and it, and it stands as a, as a pub, you know, public document for time to look back on well it, it really helped my vocabulary that's for sure <laughs> that's you know, awesome i learned i learned uh you know mendacious you know i learned the meaning of mendacious <laughs> and all and the I ways a, to describe uh, a bunch of new ones bad yeah people. yeah how do you say evil and corrupt and and uh you know try not to repeat yourself i i uh I tried to use uh, uh, new language, you know, for for some of these uh, misdeeds, some of these people. I tried to come up with uh, a different way of phrasing the, the my 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 contempt uh, in a right. lot of cases. But, um, uh, yeah, so it, it was interesting in that way too. We didn't really we didn't get into, but uh, yeah, it's well. We'll it's, talk again. Uh, whether on mic or off, but, uh, okay. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for taking the time. You got and, it. Uh, and I look forward to seeing some of that work in person someday and seeing you in person someday. Yeah. Same here. And, uh, if you need anything or, uh, uh, if I can follow up with any other information, just let me know and I'll get that over to you. Awesome. 
All right, be well and uh, stay positive. Get get yeah, oh. some mental uh, uh, acuity and uh, yeah, go go for a long walk. <laughs> do whatever you need to do and and uh, yeah, recharge. Yeah, try not to let all this stuff bog you down because it's overwhelming. That's good man. advice. It's, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. yeah, and take care of each other. That's the other. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, ma'am. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. You got it. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. listening everybody that was my friend Mike Gabriel and again his website is mike-gabriel.com that's G-A-B-R-I-E-L um, and so check out the Monsters of America famous Monsters of America they're all more or less famous by now they're infamous at least but also check out all of his other artwork he does really cool collage pieces and um there are a few galleries full of them on his website as well as the other print stuff that he's done and uh flyers for shows and album covers and all kinds of cool stuff so please go check that out and uh oh yeah one correction from this conversation which uh, mike was quick to point out to me after we talked um he talked about he was talking about a political activist uh and he said the name Albert DeSalvo which is actually the name of the Boston Strangler which is uh kind of funny well that's not funny but funny uh, mix up but the real guy is Mario Savio S A V I O and uh I think you should go check him out the quote that Mike uh paraphrased is pretty flipping great and bold and what we need right now so go watch his uh his speeches on youtube if you so desire and what else should i tell you to do tell you how to do and when to do it and where and how um oh there's another correction actually um, now that i think about it i think i may have well i know that i did actually refer to erroneously refer to frankenstein's monster as Frankenstein. And I do know the difference, but I was just uh, lazily falling back on the time when I didn't know the difference. When I just thought it was Frankenstein, you know? He looks like him, he talks like him, he grunts like him. But no, Frankenstein's the doctor, y'all. The scientist. So, um, well, there's something else. I'm going to think of it. It's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. It's coming to me. Here it comes. It's telling me right now. Oh, so I'm going to um, probably take from now until after the election off because, uh, well, I don't really think I need to give an excuse, but, um, you know, there's crazy, 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 crazy. Stuff think thinking about to think about to think about thinking about, and um, 
But I think there's also lots of potential. And in fact, we get to choose whether or not we see it as potential to change what we don't like and create something that we like better. So I'm all for that. Um, so this uh, spooky monstery episode should carry us through Halloween and the election. And I also need some time to do some behind the scenes stuff because, you know, there's some copyright infringement baloney going on and just some rearrangement of stuff on my side of things. And uh, yeah, I'm going to come back on the other side of this uh, hurdle, which we shall surpass and overcome. And one way or another, we will we will be okay. All right. I love you all. Uh, you can find my Instagram, which I don't post on much, but I'm starting to again, at outspoken underscore podcast. And you can find my Patreon page at patreon.com slash outspoken podcast. And you can email me personally and say hello at email at outspokenpodcast.com. And those are all the uh, things I'm going to say to you now. And then I will talk to you again soon. Be well. Take her easy. Uh, don't go changing. Uh, or do go changing, if that's better for you. And uh, hey, don't go dying on me. Talk to you soon. Bye.